Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This is episode number 59 of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yeah! I'm I'm surprised that we could uh, record with this all the snow around. I mean, I thought it would be the snowpocalypse, according to the weather. Yeah, everybody was really shitting their pants over nothing. (laughs) We literally got a coating. Like, I probably could have taken a broom out and, like, cleared off my driveway, so... Well, I at least had to, like, you know shuffle the driveway out and yeah. clear off the car and shit so but it, it, people were freaking out thinking we were going to get a foot we got like what three inches four inches maybe yeah we got like an inch at the most but uh on the opposite end of the spectrum from something cold to something hot we got wrestling this yes week. we got the wrestling products of uh wwe all sorts of shit uh well, they're building up to something big, I think, this week, with the Festival of Friendship. That is the uh, thing I'm most excited for next week. What do you think is going to be going down in Las Vegas at the Festival of Friendship? Uh, I think we get the, maybe, not the turn itself, but one of the first, like, bigger hints that it's going to happen. Wow, right? you think it's going to be that tame? Because, after thinking about it for a minute, like, do you really want to turn them now before the Fastlane match with Goldberg? Yes, and I'll explain to you why. Alright, hit me. Because, alright, this entire promo that we saw with the whole, uh, we set up the official match between Kevin Owens and Goldberg at Mm -hmm. Fastlane, right? Yeah, Jericho accepted the match, uh, the challenge from Goldberg on behalf of Kevin Owens' behalf. And we think that we're, we're going to see the breakup there because Owens is pissed, but they end up making up later in the night and then say that they're going to have this festival of friendship the ne- next week. Yep. And so then what's going to happen is, because uh, clearly Goldberg is going to win the title, right? Like, there's no way that Owens is walking out of that match with the title. Yeah. Like, this is, this is rock punk circa 2013 like all over again exactly they want the title in the lesnar goldberg match i mean i think that that match doesn't need the title but it's gonna happen no it definitely doesn't need the title and honestly i think it'd be better served with owens and jericho but whatever yeah anyway because that's gonna happen ordinarily what you're gonna have is probably just goldberg making owens look like a bitch right because he's made Lesnar look like a bitch, so he's going to make Owens look like a bitch too, right? Yeah, I think there's just the slight possibility that you have someone in Owens that can carry a match. Well, no, Owens can carry a match, but Goldberg, I think, is just too broken. Like, I think he's just, his body will not allow Owens to carry him through the match, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it'll definitely, it'll is... be a great test for Owens, I think. No, no, no. 
You don't even have to bother with that because you don't yeah. even want to fucking test Goldberg's body. This is why you have the turn happen already. So at the Festival of Friendship, hmm. Owens has to go full heel and destroy the fuck out of Jericho. Okay. Maybe we don't even see Jericho until Fastlane when he appears and he costs Kevin Owens the match against Goldberg. So then uh... Kevin Owens looks better because it took Jericho interfering for him to lose. So That's you can the way save, save Goldberg and yeah. Save Goldberg and plus two, like it, it, it further helps uh separate the two between you know Jericho and Owens, so then like you know, Owens is getting the heel reaction and then Jericho's getting the face reaction because he helped Goldberg, the other face, get the title. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that's how I would do it. I think and that works too, because this week when we got the hints at the turn, like when uh Owens like hugs Jericho uh after the one like interview segment He's kind of giving this look of like whether he is going to help him in his match versus Sami Zayn later that night. Mm-hmm. And it, usually, anytime they've dropped those hints, the audience has reacted really loudly in the arena. But that time, I didn't really hear anything. Mm-hmm. Or even with the segment um, in the ring that night. So I think you might need something like that this big shocking moment that really just kickstart the, the feud again, so to speak. Yeah, and I think the way that you do it as uh, as far as like the logistics within the festival of friendship is because clearly they're going to probably have like a big video package or something like celebrating their friendship and all their victories. And I think the way that you build how Kevin Owens turns is because he's mad and frustrated because he knows in his mind that he doesn't need Chris Jericho, and he's sick of everybody thinking that he does. Mm-hmm. And it was like you know, you accepted that match on behalf of me, like how dare you do that, and you know like looking at all the video packages and then him saying like, you know, look at how much I've helped you. And we've, you know, we kept the title and all this stuff and be like, no, you know, it's no more of this. We language. I did it. You know, you were just there. I didn't need you. You know, I think that could be the center of the turn. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, through the frustration of something, like maybe Jericho says something that finally ticks him off. And then, yeah. yeah Owen just like puts him through a table or maybe a whole bunch of tables and some chairs and some other, accoutrement they have around maybe they had like a big painting of themselves made and he like smashes it over jericho like you know something oh like yeah that. i think this is going to be very similar in style so to speak to the uh rock and mankind this is your life segment mm. but i think you could top it all off with that turn at the end that Holy could separate shit. It. wouldn't that be funny as shit if Jericho did a surprise. It's a Kevin Owens. This is your life. I I think that's what they're planning on. <laughs> that would be awesome. I because I think that they trust those two, um, and I think you could get very good comedy out of out of the two of them. That mm-hmm. and then so the whole time the fan base is thinking comedy, comedy, comedy. Boom! Serious moment of attack. Yep. Huge reaction. Exactly. And plus, I, think- I would I would love little gimmicks like. It'd be hilarious if they brought out, like, El Generico <laughs> and, like, made it out that he's completely different than Sami Zayn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny as shit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I, I think you've, you've got it definitely down. That's what they need to do is build up, you know, exactly what we think it is supposed to be. A lot of fun, a lot of comedy, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. The moment strikes. 
because then that's that's the height that's the climax of their friendship is the festival of friendship but i think this will be the moment that would be perfect for all the video packages leading into the wrestlemania match mm-hmm. you know it's the mo- it's the time to do it yeah and then um, also give enough time to actually simmer and build the rivalry instead of it just being oh we were friends up until just now and now we want to kill each other yeah they've definitely hinted towards it so it's not like it would come out of nowhere Right, but so like starting now, then they would have another like two months to build the heat, basically. Exactly. Which would be good. Uh, speaking of great comedy moments, how about Goldberg with Jericho and Owens? <laughs> yeah, he like I said, man, he's been really good on the mic. I think like you know, clearly in the ring he's been very very limited, but on the mic he's been really good. Yeah, which no one would ever say ever about Goldberg. <laughs> I would have, like, when he came back, I was just dreading every aspect of it. But then, yeah, his, he's been doing really good. <laughs> um, as long as he doesn't hit his head before he cuts a promo. That's that's yeah. when you might lose him there. <laughs> yeah, he just needs to not smash his head on a wall before he goes out. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but great moment there with him doing something different with the list of Jericho so that it's able to evolve a bit, a bit. Like, where he took the list and signed his own name. And then that's what gets Jericho fired up, which then leads to the uh, mm-hmm. feud between him and Owens. Yeah. It was well done. Yes. It was, it was really funny. It was just a fun segment. Um, let's see. What else oh, and also, this? what I liked about that segment, too, was how they were able to split. So, like, first he comes out, he has Jericho and Owens step to the side so that he can answer Brock's challenge, and then switches back mm-hmm. over to challenge owens for fast lane so it's like remember we have this program going but now we're also going to set up another thing yeah and he actually did the transition pretty well and i mm-hmm. liked the it's the keeping continuity in mind perspective exactly. of the yes all right i will fight you lesnar later but hey you know what you don't have a match yet yeah and hey and you're standing in the ring with me right now so this works perfectly it's perfect <laughs> it's almost like someone wrote it <laughs> That's uh, the sort of thing New Day would say, though. It's like it's almost like somebody wrote this. <laughs> Something that also was well written was, I think, Samoa Joe's introduction. Yeah, Into I like it. He's he's got this kind of hitman mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, great opening segment with uh, Mick Foley not being excited about Joe being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe comes out in a suit after Stephanie McMahon hypes him up uh, much better. Uh, love the look of Joe, and then I loved even Mick Foley hinting that uh, he wanted Joe back in the WWE, like, years ago. He pulled for Joe and Punk to both come to WWE from ROH, uh, and McMahon wasn't interested at the time. So I love that look. He says that about a lot of guys. I wonder how true that is, though. That that one is very true. Like, Foley did Ring of Honor shows with the two of them when he was out of the WWE for a bit and saw one of their matches that went like a half hour to 45 minutes or however long it was and called Vince up and was like, you need to see these two, like, and you need mm. to sign them. So that, yeah, that's what I enjoyed about that one. It was, I, you know it's a true story, and it was very good. Yeah, and then too, I liked, uh, you know, so then he was starting to say some sort of shit towards uh, like Stephanie and Triple H a little bit. And yes. I liked Samoa Joe's response. It was so perfect. Yeah. Like, he just, you know, told Steph, it was like, I got this. You know, took up the mic, 
very it calmly. Did, then didn't just let Steph fully. Yeah, oh. and didn't let either of them overpower him on the mic. Yep. He was like, this is my time. I'm making use of it. And yeah, and then, oh, such a great response to Foley, because Foley's like, I tried to get you in years ago. And Joe's response was, well, you didn't. Like, yeah, <laughs> I worked these 18 years, and the guy who opened the door for me was Triple H. So I'm going to be loyal to him. And if exactly. that means, and I love that. And he's like, if, if that means, like, hurting Seth Rollins and putting him on the shelf, so be it. Like, yep. Kind of Whatever that collab- it takes to be here and get my paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And then, great main event with him and Roman Reigns, I thought. Yeah, to really establish him, uh, I, I hate that there was that little bit of interference. I mm-hmm. wish Braun Strowman could have just come out after the match. Yeah. Because up until that point, it was like, alright, we're really kind of painting these two as equals. And the, the interference is very minimal, so it's not like it was that bad. No. But Definitely, still, it didn't hurt Joe at all. 100% clean that Samoa Joe won. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just I mean, really I really established that like he is, like he can hang with the fucking best. Yeah, I mean, I still think they definitely got that across because on the mic and in the ring, in both those segments, he held his own against uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, so I think you're right. Like, I think it could have been a little bit better, but he yeah. really did establish himself in one night. I think pretty well as a top tier talent. Exactly. So, which how many guys coming up from NXT have done that? Right. And how many guys could? You know, I think he's one mm-hmm. of the few. And I'm excited. I think he's a good fit for Raw. Like, I want to, I wanted him to stay on Raw. Like, even through the next draft, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I like this role that he's... Like, I, I'm wondering how far they're going to continue to milk this relationship between him and Triple H. Because I think there could be a lot of potential for some good stuff in there. Yeah. I, th- I think you basically, you have him as, like, the enforcer of the authority right now, because they don't they don't have any. Mm-hmm. Rollins turned, um, who else did they have before that? Like, like Orton's well, Owens, over. Owens is very loosely associated with the authority now. Yeah, it's and it's not really that clear, so, like, this is the definitive, like, when you're going up against Joe, you're going up against the authority. Mm-hmm. Um... But they also, I, I like to, he still does that, have that kind of independent feel, though. Did you get that? Like that, yeah, he's, yes. Yeah, he's just a mercenary for the highest gun. Exactly. So like, if somebody were going to pay him more than the McMahons and Triple H, then it's like, cool. I'll, but well, even... I guess Triple H. He's specifically Triple H's hired gun. Exactly. And But I still think, like, he, w- he was making out that he would still do, like, destruction on his own. That, like... It didn't have to be from someone's bidding. Like, if he feels like someone needs to get taken down a notch, he'll go out there and do it. Hmm. So, at least that's a feeling that I got from it. Okay, yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that is part of just, like, his moniker. He's the destroyer. Yeah. But so. it just felt, I guess what I'm saying is, it, it feels better than the relationship that, like, Rollins had with the Authority. Yeah, where he was their protected little hand puppet. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and this is, like, this is the enforcer, the the guy that will take care of business, like, on his own with them, however it needs to get done. Yeah, Samoa Joe is their monster mm-hmm. that they have. And, you know, they could end up using him at some point either as a champion or as, a, like, a guard for a corporate champion. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, because I think this was a good step in the right direction, uh, especially giving him this nickname, The Destroyer, because mm-hmm. then you can build up 
a match against, say, Lesnar at some point. Yes. You have I was the gonna say and the Destroyer. If, like, Lesnar wins the championship at WrestleMania and then starts to, like, mouth off to the authority or something, then they could have Joe go up against Lesnar and take him down eventually. Yeah, that, that could be a kind of really strange and interesting turn of, like, Lesnar turning back to face and then Samoa Joe is the heel. Not as... See, this is where I'm thinking or, he doesn't... Lesnar doesn't have to turn face. He could just be like, he's always been his own thing, right? So he could just then, not... But then he would just get cheered. So he'd be effectively the face. True, I guess. I, I, I see it more as, like, Lesnar doing his own thing, like, not for the authority and the authority going, yeah, we have to take that guy down. Right, so Lesnar's still Lesnar, just in that situation against the authority, he'd be playing the face. Yeah. Exactly. Which, ultimately, like, isn't that kind of how every single character should work, is that it's like every character is just who they are, and then in different situations and against different other characters, they either play heel or face. Yeah. Because then even just, like, regionally, people kind of change up from time to time. Like, everybody's babyface in their own hometown. Yeah. Even Ric Flair is like a dirty heel was a face in his hometown. <laughs> well, now, now Ric Flair's caught up in like the turmoil of, like, so being from Charlotte, you think he would be a Carolina Panthers fan, but then he's like going into the Atlanta Falcons like locker room and cheering them on and stuff, and so the Panthers got pissed off at him. Uh, oh, Rick Maybe he should have said to him, it's like, look, guys, I, I was only cheering for them because they weren't the Patriots. <laughs> That's the only reason. Oh, man. Uh, Which was so, like, what, 90% of people's thing? Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's, cheering for the Falcons because they're not the Patriots. Patriots. Uh, talk about a... Yeah, yeah, let's let's to put it in one minute. What did you think of the Super Bowl, by the way? I thought it was a great match where uh, the a face got the upper... The face got the upper hand... <laughs> For the first like three quarters of of the match, and then that heel man, he he got <laughs> the authority behind him, and came back in the end to win it and crush everybody's hopes and dreams. Yeah, you know he really came and got that like last fall, right when it mm. counted, just to tie up the Iron Man match. Yeah, and then he won it in the overtime like a real piece of shit. Like yeah, grabbed uh, a steel chair or something. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady man, he's a top level heel. People are, like, tweeting that. That's how much people hate the Patriots. They were saying, like, the Falcons should grab chairs from the sidelines to start beating up the Patriots. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. That's fucking funny. Uh, A couple of different times, because I'm really not a big football guy, but a couple times that I've watched it with with Emma, because she is a Cowboys fan, so she likes to watch the Cowboys games. Okay, so Emma and I can never watch football together. Got it. (laughs) Uh, but I, I pitched this to her a couple times, and she's starting to agree with me now. That I tell her, I'm like, you know what? Football would be so much more interesting if it were scripted. Because then, like, there were a couple plays where I was like, all right, but imagine if it had gone this way instead. Like, when he jumped over that guy, you know, and then he could, like, do this huge running play. And, like, she's starting to come over to my way of thinking of, like, wow, football <laughs> would be way more interesting if it were scripted. Hold on. This is a great segue, then, because ESPN just had a documentary on the XFL. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Which and one of the things they brought up when they when it was first announced that McMahon was behind it, they were like, "Is it going to be real or scripted?" <laughs> I think scripted is the way to go. Like, <laughs> think about it. There's already a huge market for that shit. People love football movies. Oh yeah, 
people there's that's a whole fucking genre of movies is football movies and that's just scripted football games mm-hmm. and the stories around a football game that's all this would be it would just be a weekly tv show yeah people would like it if you did it good yeah yeah definitely have to do a good job at it yeah you just even if it was a shitty job maybe some people would like it <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's too funny. But yeah, uh, if anyone is interested, ESPN, check out the Thirty for Thirty documentary on the XFL. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, and uh, especially watch all the way to the end. There's an extra scene with uh, McMahon and Dick Ebersol, like sitting down. Features? Yeah, it, it's it's so like you think it's over, and all of a sudden it cuts to like what however many years it's been since the XFL, and it's McMahon and Ebersol sitting down to dinner together and talking about it. <laughs> And it's just like, just like, man, that was a terrible idea. Well, they, they they bring up the bad ideas. Vince takes the blame for it, for its failure. What? Uh, yeah. Huh. And they, dude, they get emotional. Like, Dick says, like, how, like, I never real I knew they had a partnership from Saturday Night's main event. Um, They, like, Vince and Ebersol, like, teamed up to come up with that idea. And, um... Ebersol says, he's like, yeah, you were such a good friend to me at the time that, like, I wanted to put you in the will that if him and his wife died, they wanted McMahon to take care of the kids. And, like, Vince almost cries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a really heart-wrenching moment. (laughs) That is intense. I know. I was like, I did not expect to be crying at a 30 for 30 documentary. (laughs) Wow, I was was really expecting when you were saying that this is, like, a little after-credit Scene. I was expecting this to be like a Ferris Bueller kind of like a the show's over, go home. Oh no! no but no, no, this is like it's a, a, it's a Vince. It's like a heart-wrenching, like truth line. Yeah, it's if like a Ferris Bueller sat down with his parents and discussed like. <laughs> it's like I just don't really feel like uh, fulfilled in life, and I exactly. go to school and everything feels empty. That's why I just I have to like create my own fun and all this chaos in life. Everything. <laughs> you just sitting there talking to a counselor. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. So you want to check that out? Uh, but back to Raw. So another segment I liked with we were speaking about Samoa Joe being a monster. Uh, we had Strowman being a monster, taking on four guys that turned out to be three because one of the guys ran away. Yeah, he was the smart one. Yeah, I, I've been waiting for that to happen with these jobber matches. I was like. <laughs> Why would any guy just, like, try? And especially with this, like, multi-man, it was like, well, screw these other guys. I'm not going to get beat up for them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, We also had the debut of Akira Tozawa on Raw. Uh, A lot of people Mm -hmm. mentioning how crazy it is that in 2017 we get Samoa Joe and Akira Tozawa uh, on WWE television. Yeah, these last couple of years, really, like, the amount of guys they've picked up and put on their TV, uh, yeah. it's just, it's kind of insane. You know, even just from when I started watching wrestling in, like, what, 2010 or something? Around, even yeah. And then, like, when I was starting to understand things, like, being educated by you about wrestling, you know, at that time, you know, I knew about these, a lot of these other guys, like AJ Styles out there and Samoa Joe, and I was like, oh, well, they'll, they'll probably never be on WWE. Yeah, that's what we all and, said. Yeah, now both of these guys are in WWE. And top guys, too. And top guys. Yeah. Craziness. Very crazy. Um, also, on a, one of the undercard matches that I don't think people really pay attention to, but I saw a thing, 
Could you see a, a full-on heel turn for the Cesaro and Sheamus tag team? With um, the way this this latest match ended with... Uh, so they're going up against the club, and Enzo and Cass get involved and cause the disqualification so that the, the club won. And then you got kind of get the stare down between Cesaro and Sheamus and Enzo and Cass. I think that's just building towards a multi-man match. I don't think that's a heel turn at all. Okay. Because I think that that's also that just them being justified and them being like mad at <laughs> having the oh yeah obviously not like, coming to them. But I think yeah. I think this is ultimately building to either a fast lane or WrestleMania or both. There's going to be a multi-man match. I'm thinking it's going to be uh, you know Club, Cesaro and Sheamus, Enzo and Cass, and the New Day. Mm-hmm. Essentially, those four teams are going to be in the mix. Because I don't know what else you do with the New Day at that point. <laughs> Right, because otherwise you'd have to do a separate feud for them, and like there, there are so many feuds at WrestleMania that they need to compact a few of them. And I think ultimately, unfortunately, that's going to be the smartest move mm-hmm. is uh, to do that, because then you can actually give that match some time, as yeah. opposed to if you did two different matches that then get no time. Exactly, you so. may get one fifteen-minute match compared to two like six-minute matches, or like you know, hopefully twenty minutes. But yeah, even yeah. fifteen. Is still better than yeah six minutes, exactly <laughs> at WrestleMania. So yeah, I think they'll they'll probably go with I think those four teams at WrestleMania. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, which and I would really hope uh, Enzo and Cass maybe winners. Maybe I, would, I think Enzo and Cass ultimately should be the guys to get the titles next. I just like whatever they do, they need to do some kind of injection of energy into this division because it's just very blah right now. Well, I think right now what needs to happen is the so Enzo and Cass, if they're going to focus on somebody else for just a little bit, uh, Club can continue to basically just dominate New Day and Cesaro and Sheamus. So mm-hmm. they look really good. And maybe beat Enzo and Cass once or twice, but then you know, whenever they get the big match against Enzo and Cass, then I think Enzo and Cass need to take it. Yeah. Or whenever they get to a feud with those guys. Now, could you see... Uh, a slight heel turn in the new day when that happens to feud with them. Um, you could you could eventually like I think for a new day just kind of continue to see who else they need to feud with engage the reactions because I think um, who else who's going to be coming up like revival need to come up soon right revival definitely and I mean it actually would be really tempting to put them on SmackDown because American Alpha do need strong rivals right now and revival are yeah. Isn't that the sad thing? Like, both tag team divisions on both shows are very, like, non... What's the word I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Just not important right now. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's just they they put a lot of emphasis on other things for the most part. And tag teams just really haven't gotten very much lately. And they never really have gotten that much the last couple years, but... They've had their, like, peaks and valleys. They've had some peaks before, and right now it's more of a valley. You know? Definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll just more of a peak. Eventually, but. <laughs> hopefully, when we uh, get some new tag teams in there, some fresh blood. Uh, and our main event topic from Raw has to be that next week, do we finally get Emelina? I sure hope so, because <laughs> uh, if they're just going to copy the Eva Marie gimmick, like they need to, I don't know, actually do it. <laughs> yeah, they need to do it all the way. <laughs> Instead of just, she's coming, she's coming. No, she's not. She's coming, she's not. Wait, well, no. Well, this time they even set a date. So it's like, all right, she should yeah. be coming this week. Coming up. Yeah, because what was the, it was like coming soon was like the last thing. Well, and honestly, the bigger thing is, uh, honestly, they need another body in that division. 
Yes. They need somebody else to fight. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately, right now, uh, she's going to be another heel and they need another face. But That's what I was thinking, still, too. It's, it's just going to be... Another to have, though, just to put somebody else in there. Just another body. Just another body is good. And a fresh body, so you can do something interesting with her, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, because you really... Charlotte and Dana Brooke have not been coming out together for a while now. Dana Brooke hasn't been on TV, like, at all. So I think you can just... I think that's been on purpose just to have people forget so that then she can come out with Emelina. Or Emma. Do you think maybe happens, Emelina, like, comes out next week, Charlotte... Ooh. Do you think maybe we could get a face, Emelina and Dana Brooke? So you have Emelina out there, Mm. Charlotte comes out there to, like, talk her down, goes to attack her, and Dana Brooke makes the save and attacks Charlotte. Maybe. That could be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I mean, I don't think they're going to go with the face, Emelina, but that could no. be interesting. Yeah. And that'd be a cool way to introduce her, too. Like, just straight up, uh, you know, calling out Charlotte and challenging her. And then Dana Brooke has to, like, choose, I guess. Yeah. And then goes with Emma. Well, because Emma has the same kind of argument that Mickey James has, right? Like, I paved the way, f- way for you guys. Like, I came up from NXT um, for, like, the women to come through and then went back down, rebuilt myself, and now came back again. Like That, and uh, if I'm remembering correctly, wasn't she in the very first, uh, like, NXT women's title match? I believe she was. Paige? Like, she was, I mean, she lost, but she was the other woman in that match. Yeah, Paige won, the like, the tournament, right, to get to crown it? I believe so. Yes. yes, I can do some Google searching while we talk. Yeah, but yeah, I believe you're right, because it was some sort of tournament. But uh, yeah, the last match was Paige and Emma. So yeah, Emma really did kind of help pave the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least more directly than Mickey James in this sense. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like Emma's probably going to be a heel. And I actually would like to see her with Emma Brooke as a heel. Like, put them together. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately their plan might be to. Um, do you think Oscar's going to come up onto Raw as a face then? Because I think uh, like that would be the best move. Yeah. Because um, I think I was just trying to think sm- too of like uh, somebody that'd be really good to feud for with Charlotte. Because I think Oscar would be a really good matchup because they never fought before. And it'd be a very and- interesting way for like challenging her as the t- as the queen and the reigning champion and stuff. Yeah, and kind of. Uh- the two clashing styles, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, I can see that. Hmm. Well, all right, so here's my question for you for Fastlane, because it's, it's still a little bit out, but at this point, with the women's division on Raw, like, who is Charlotte going to be uh, defending against at Fastlane? At Fastlane? It appears to be a rematch with Bailey, right? Do you think it's going to be a rematch with Bailey, or do you think... Because almost in a weird way the way that i think it's or it's the thing i see them building in a weird way is that i think they're building sasha and bailey to fight as one match and then uh charlotte will defend the title against somebody else either that or she won't defend at all do you think she defends against um oh why am i blanking on her name nia Jax. yeah that's maybe i think that could be because because then yeah, Nia Jax Rus- tries to go for the title. 
WrestleMania could have like the, a fatal four way between them, mm-hmm. with all of them saying like, "We all had matches against you, and you cheated in some way to like to win or something like that." Maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like how you'd fully build that together because yeah, unfortunately with the women too, if you tried to do two separate women's matches on WrestleMania, you might be able to squeeze it in, but you also really might not. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I, I think you'd ultimately probably get a little bit more juice out of doing um, Bailey and Charlotte as the one-on-one match. I think that's a lot better. But then again, I guess you, you have to have a rematch at some point, so you could always do the rematch. Yeah. You know, building up through some of the pay-per-views after WrestleMania. Because mm-hmm. I think Bailey's got to get crowned at WrestleMania. That's got to happen. Yeah. So either it's coming off of just a match with Charlotte or it's coming off of a Fatal 4-Way. Either way, she's got to hold the title over her head. And you know what? That actually, with this Fatal Four Way, that would be fine because she has a lot of history with all three of them. It's not just like she's in there with three random people. Like she has history with Charlotte, and she has history with Sasha, and like she has history with Nia too. So, beating all three of them would be a big deal. Yeah. Unless, do you think? Um, No, I think that would be better because I'm trying to think if like did it the opposite. Like if they did a rematch with Bailey at Fastlane and then they gave her the paper or gave her the title then, and then she comes in and has to defend against all three, but because like because the, then you could have the claim of like, well, all three of us have wins over Bailey, yeah, at different points, so we should all get a title shot. Something along those lines. We're 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 gonna get some kind of combination and then a fatal four way. Yeah, because I'm just cause I'm what the to think order like, is. Because if because if Charlotte has the title going to WrestleMania, and you're doing a fatal four way, do you have uh, does Sasha need to get another win over Charlotte to get into that match? Not necessarily. Do you think like she just does she just get in on merit of being Sasha Banks? Or she she could get a win on Nia Jax or Bailey maybe. Maybe. Maybe she was, tr- she does a heel turn with um. She does a heel turn, like, on Bailey, and, like, cheats in a match to win. Hmm. And that's what gets her into the Fatal 4-Way. And her reasoning could be great. It could be, this is how much I want that title back. Because mm-hmm. I was almost thinking, like, the way that I would book, if they were going to do a fast lane match uh, between Sasha and Bailey, I would have it maybe end in a draw. Because if the whole thing is, like, it's supposed to be a number one contender match, and then, like, you know, it ends in a draw some way, so then they can both get in the match. Mm-hmm. And then Nia Jax, maybe, maybe Charlotte wins by like countout or something, or mm-hmm. she loses by countout. So then Nia's like, "Hey, I want a fair rematch," you know, inst- instead of you fucking running away. Yeah. From me, so then that would justify all three of them. All right, maybe that's the best way you do it, right? Sounds good Does to that me. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. We'll see what they do though. Hopefully, it'll be something as good as that or better. Yeah. Uh, so on to SmackDown, which definitely was my favorite show of the week. Um, yeah, it was start kind of off... a weird show this week. What? <laughs> I thought it was, it was kind of weird. It was a lot of good stuff, but there was also a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, which we will get into. Uh, so it starts off with the uh, other four competitors uh, that are not John Cena in the elimination match. Elimination chamber match. Oh, and Bray Wyatt wasn't involved either. But... Uh, 
So SmackDown starts off with the fatal four way of Styles versus Ambrose versus Corbin versus Miz. Um, and Styles is so fucking amazing that even in losing, he makes this match look so good. Yeah, he really did, dude. Like, Styles is just a phenomenal, you know, uh, pun intended, performer. <laughs> like, they mentioned it a couple times, I think, on commentary, even this week, of just, like, who has had a better first year in WWE? No. And it's not only that he's done so well for himself, but he has done so well for so many of the other guys that he has, like, just been in the ring with and had feuds with. Mm-hmm. Like, he made Roman look like a million bucks in some of his fucking matches with him. He oh, made yeah. John Cena look really good in the feud with, you know, they both, I think, have just been kicking on all cylinders oh, yeah. with each other. Which, actually, uh, did you see there was a point where John Cena was talking on uh, Talking Smack? Where he said, like, him and AJ are on another level? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's so arrogant and cocky and a shit to say, but at the same time, it's like... It's so true. It's fucking true. <laughs> it's completely I mean, fucking true. Take a look at, so on SmackDown, uh, we had the rematch again of Cena versus Orton. Now, we've seen that match so many times, but something about this one, and I think it's because Orton is firing on another level as well, um, that this one I was really encaptured by, even though I've seen it hundreds of times at this point. Um, And I think the same goes for him and Styles. Like, they had three matches within a year, which you would think... You would get tired of by the third, but we were looking forward to the third because of how good these guys are wrestling right now. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's AJ Styles is just so good in general, and Cena has really good chemistry with Styles. Yes. Like, Cena's one of, like, he's, he's actually, I think, he's doing pretty well for himself overall this year. Like, I think, in of himself, I think he actually did better in the U.S. title run with the open challenges, but um, he is doing really well with Styles because those two have great chemistry. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know if it always was for you, but at least in the amount of time that I've always known about these two guys, these have always been a dream match for me. Oh, definitely. The Cena and Styles. So it's perfect. Yeah. And it came to fruition, actually, and worked. Uh, well, it's, it's, was... it worked because they gave Styles credibility. Yes. That was always the big question of whether the this feud would work is if they give styles credibility and they have done a pretty Which, good job of that when he first came in it was a little rocky he had that feud with like jericho at first right and mm-hmm. it wasn't he wasn't definitely hitting a hundred percent yet but it was like after that drafted to smackdown all that stuff that's where yeah so you know he had a couple months just to kind of get his feet wet and get used to yeah. well part of the problem too is wwe was treating him so weirdly during that time, like they would have him come out for those promos, and other guys would just treat him like shit, and you know, say all these things to him, and he couldn't say anything back to him. It was like, like, I'm the perfect baby face that doesn't say yeah. anything back. It was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you this have not AJ helping. Styles. What, well, like that wouldn't be helpful for anybody. That just yeah. makes anybody look like an idiot. <laughs> and then when but, you have this guy who's like this hot commodity that everybody knows about, it's like, what are you guys doing? But, yeah, I think they, they learned their lesson, and they've done great. Yep. Uh, and we also had a great moment, I thought, when uh, they were setting up this match. Uh, Daniel Bryan's talking about being back in Seattle, the first time since he had to retire. Uh, and Miz comes out and is talking down to him. And then Corbin comes out and kind of defends Bryan a little bit. 
and threatens to punch Miz in the face, and Miz, like, complains to Dana Bryan about that, <laughs> and Bryan just, like, deadpan is like, Baron, don't do that, that would be horrible. <laughs> kind of a thing. I Thought love that was so Bryan, good. dude, like, he's such a <laughs> troll. <laughs> but, uh, awesome. but WWE was definitely trolling us with the next uh, segment that we want to talk about, which is the interview with Nikki and Natty. Oh my god. So what they basically a, what a fucking horrible segment and feud. This is such a weird segment. So it's the two of them sitting down and basically hashing out the feud, like well, explaining no, no. they they had to be in separate rooms because their feud is so violent. Yes. <laughs> uh, hey, it actually ended up being violent on Talking Smack. Did you see that? Uh, I saw that that was a thing, and I decided not to watch it. Okay, so Natty like, like attacks attacks Nikki, gets her under the table, like that Renee and. Daniel Bryan usually sit at, and yeah. then like there's that bar that goes across the center there. She gets her behind the bar, then grabs her arm and pulls really hard so that Nikki's face smacks into the bar. Huh. Okay. Yeah, and basically like t- like takes her out. So it got violent later, but in this interview, obviously not very violent. Um, they they talk about the feud and just some of the, the lines that were used. So like. Natty says that Nikki will never have a child of her own. John Cena's gonna leave her. John Cena would leave her for Natty if Natty wasn't already married to Tyson yep. Kidd. <laughs> Nikki also says that the only thing that Natty is good at is wrestling. I know, right? It's like the only thing you're good at is wrestling. Although, like, that, well, it's like, it, it well, sounded so stupid, and then it, start, it started to make sense of that it's like, oh, but then if I beat you, then what good are you? Yes. But when she first but, said it, I was like, well, way to bring up a re- like build up a wrestling match. Like the only thing you're good at, we're gonna do this Sunday. Yeah, the only thing you're good at is the thing we're gonna do. But <laughs> oh my god, like dude, I, the thing that is, I mean, a lot of it's just very bad acting and very bad writing in general. But the thing that yes. makes this so fucking awful and detrimental to the women's division is the fact that like in this whole interview, because this is like what five minutes back and forth between these two. Yeah, like Maddie like starts out talking about how it's like. Oh, like, I don't like you, Nikki. Like, you're a bitch. Like, you're a backstabber. Like, you're not talented. Like, all these things are attacking her as a person. Like, things that you should actually get mad about. Yeah. About to be like, hey, like, you know, don't say, like, that's not true. Like, you know. But then, those are the things that she's able to just kind of like, oh, whatever. But then, right when she starts saying that it's like, oh, and John Cena will never marry you and you'll never have a kid, that's when it's too much. And that's yeah. when Nikki's like, oh, I can't stand this anymore. You've gone too far. It's like, Wow, what a proud feminist you are, Nikki. That it's too far when she says you can't have a man. <laughs> Not when she says that like you're a piece of shit as a person and you know, have no talent. But oh, you say that, that way. You, you say that my man won't marry me. Oh well, <laughs> fuck well, you. Bitch. I'm gonna leave. Or that I'm not gonna have a baby of my own. Fuck you. <laughs> she like she is so like it's so fucking funny how much she I think tries. To have this whole image of I'm like a strong feminist woman, and then how mm. often she just stumbles over herself in being not a strong independent feminist woman. Yeah. It is hilarious. <laughs> she also doesn't have the support of her man because after she got attacked on Talking Smack, Cena <laughs> is the last segment on Talking Smack and goes, How'd Nikki do? <laughs> Just coming across <laughs> as the, the like the most careless boyfriend ever. Oh just God. like, <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. I love it. Like, 
it's it's fucking it actually you know what it makes sense in so many ways because like brian's kind of a troll and cena's kind of a troll <laughs> they're just kind of out troll each other well just you know it makes sense that then like you know sisters you know they're probably very similar to each other so they probably find similar men and both these mm. men are trolls so probably whoever their dad is was like a real troll too <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, <laughs> yeah so I, then I on the that's, good that's side that's so fucking funny he just like doesn't even care <laughs> she just like got her ass kicked <laughs> Well, he didn't even watch, basically, though. So, like... Yeah, because, like, how would he not know and therefore, like, be in the trainer center that wherever they're taking care of her? Yeah. And he's even like, when oh. he's told that she was attacked... He, oh, he, he also watched it, too. They replayed it for him. And his reaction is just like, ooh. Like... <laughs> he's like, oh, wow. That probably looks like it hurt. Ooh, her head went into that bar there really hard. <laughs> so, anyway, the elimination chamber this Sunday. Yeah. I'm gonna do that to five other guys. And then at and the then end, he tries to like. Cena wins, bitch. After he gets like his his stump speech out, basically, he goes. That's at the end is when he goes. He's like, "All right, I gotta go check on Nikki." Like, <laughs> all right, now that I got that out of the way, now I can yeah. go check on Nikki. Oh uh, my gosh! So See, that's... that is so fucking funny. Like, I can't wait for the day that if it ever happens, which yeah, it probably will eventually, because Nikki will eventually get to the point where she's not attractive enough for Cena. So he'll leave her, and then she'll be like so upset. It's like I can't believe it. Like how could he leave me? It's like, bitch, how did you not see this coming? <laughs> if he's not gonna marry you, then he's planning on probably leaving you at some point. <laughs> oh man! And why wouldn't he? You know what I mean? He's John Cena. <laughs> he's John Cena. He's got like millions of fucking dollars. He's a good-looking guy. He's young. He's famous. Uh, he can have damn near any pussy he wants. Ever. <laughs> and why would he settle down for a, a, a vapid little bitch like Nikki Bella? I just... <laughs> like, would you if you were John Cena, why would you? The only reason I think that he's with her is because I think he thinks it's really fucking funny to be around her because she's so stupid. <laughs> and that he can just, like, prank her. Because, like, I haven't seen very much of that Total Divas show, but I've seen a couple clips. And the only things I've ever seen John Cena do is basically he's just fucking with her all the time. Like when she goes to move in and he has her sign a contract. Yeah, like she's just so <laughs> dumb and so desperate to be with him that he'll just like put her through. It's like he's just hazing her forever. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's like, she's yeah, she's the really desperate frat boy. And there's always another uh, pledge thing that you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well, if you marry me, all right, if you do this, then I'll marry you. All right, I did the thing. All right, well, no, you have to. If you do this, then maybe I'll marry you. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep trying. <laughs> yep, but like being more subtle about it, so that she always is thinking that marriage is on the table, but he's never saying that it is, <laughs> and he's always saying that it's not. But somehow she probably still thinks that it is. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, oh man, it's a fascinating relationship. It really is. Yeah. We should we should get a psychologist on the show to like break it down. Yeah, this is this is the dynamic of the Cena and Nikki Bella relationship. It's actually a very classic dom and submissive relationship, where John Cena as the dom is complete is com- in complete control over Nikki Bella, the desperate sub who just so so uh, strongly wants approval, and wants John Cena's yeah, you know, and the approval looks like uh, marriage and a baby probably. Mm-hmm. That she is willing to do anything and put up with anything that he does and says. 
just to stay with him. So that then, you know, maybe he'll give her all these things. But he's able to masterfully pull the carrot along <laughs> and bring this jackass of a bitch to do anything he wants. <laughs> While fully intending to never give her the carrot. Oh, man. Uh, so, in a better woman segment, we had the d- dual contract signings for the matches of Becky Lynch versus Mickey James and uh, the championship match. Why am I blanking on? <laughs> oh, Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Bliss. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, I got two. Alexa Bliss's name or like. Alexa Bliss and Naomi. I couldn't think of their names for a second. Okay. I wasn't sure whether you were totally serious or if you were actually doing a bit from, like, no. Alexa Bliss did the whole, like, and wait, and who are you? Oh, yeah, that was me. so great. <laughs> so it's the four of them in the ring at the time, uh, and you had promos cut by Mickey James, Becky Lynch, and then Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss makes the joke that she totally forgot that Naomi was there. But then I Ooh, thought Naomi... Naomi would have it. Yeah. Naomi rips her apart on the mic and basically brings out a great point, which is that she might have a chance at this title because the title, the WrestleMania is going to be in Orlando, which is her hometown. Um, and then Naomi also delivers one of the greatest head kicks I've ever seen. Cause she does it over a table mm-hmm. uh, and causes a brawl between the four of them. Yeah, I was... This was really fucking exciting, man. Like, I, I love this segment for all four of the women. I thought, uh, I mean, Mickey did okay. I think she was probably the weakest of the four, but she mm-hmm. still did good. Um, but Becky really, I think, got some fire in her. Definitely. Really good. You had to really back up the whole straight fire claim. Like, she really got into it, I think, in the in the end of her promo. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss was really great, as per usual, doing her very snooty, bitchy sort of thing. And then Naomi was full of it, and it was awesome. Like, I loved how... She was so unabashedly a black woman. Yeah. Like, the way that she was speaking and the way that she was acting and stuff, too. It wasn't like, oh, I'm the black girl, but I have to try and act like I'm a white girl around all these other white girls. And she mm-hmm. was like, boo? Like, yeah, just throwing out all the black terms and, like, the cadence and everything. And it just, it was good to see her be able to, I think, cut loose a little bit. And it be herself like she, a little more yeah, in front of the audience. It felt like she was being real. Like, it felt yeah. like that's actually her. Like, I'm sure to... You know, an extent, a lot of what she said, or almost all of it, was scripted still, but it felt a lot like the delivery was a lot more natural. Exactly. And it felt a lot more natural uh, for her character. So it, it felt a lot better. And then, yeah, exactly. The high kick was awesome. You know, fucking just beat. Like, dude, I was fired to the point where I was watching that, and I caught myself audibly saying, like, right when uh, uh, Naomi snatched the mic and started, like, you know, counteracting Alexa Bliss, it's real bitchy shit that she was saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fucking kick her ass! I was like, holy shit, when's the last time I've just, like, said that? You know, just out loud when somebody... <laughs> Congrats, you know, some... bass. Like, you know, sometimes I'll just get, like, a little bit, like, of, like, oh, yeah, like, come on, come on. But this time yeah. I was like, yeah, like, fucking kick her ass. I was like, Well, think shit. about the build-up. Like, you had you had the, uh, a decent promo by Mickey, then an even better one by uh, uh, Alexa. Uh, Becky also had a really great one, and finally Naomi... So, like, it was kind of like this perfect build to the culmination. Yeah, and it's, it's when both of the uh, parts of the feud are doing well, where Naomi's doing really good as a face, and Alexa Bliss is doing well as a heel, and they're interacting well together, so it's, yeah. it's good. And honestly, now, the, the way I want to see this feud play out is that Naomi gets the title on the last SmackDown before WrestleMania. 
So that she can go into WrestleMania as champion? Yeah, because it's like, originally I would want her to win, win at WrestleMania, but, like, she keeps saying specifically that she wants the title going into WrestleMania. Yeah, she said she basically wants to dance down the aisle of WrestleMania as champion. Exactly. So it was like, alright, clearly that's what needs to happen. Now, uh, Lance Storm tweeted out one of the greatest dusty finishes for this match that I've ever heard. Mm. So he goes, they had the dual contract signing. So what happens if Naomi wins on Sunday, but then it's revealed that she signed the wrong contract? And that Becky Lynch actually signed the championship contract, and she signed the match with Mickey James. So the championship does not change hands. It goes back to Alexa. Huh. Okay. That would be a little weird. <laughs> but, like, well, how would that work, though? Because wouldn't then, like, would Naomi just be wrestling as Becky's proxy? So then if she won the match, then wouldn't Becky get the title? I or mean, I think they would just make... Becky wasn't there, like, she technically forfeited the match, and the match with Naomi was technically Well, it would just be that... It would be that since Naomi's, like... So it would be, like... Because the contract would obviously stay up in the body, right? Like, this is all hypothetical, like... Mm-hmm. It would say that the match is going to be Naomi versus uh, Alexa Bliss. But since Becky Lynch's name is on it, like sign, it means Naomi never officially agreed to it. Therefore, the match is technically thrown out. Okay. That could be... Yeah, I could see that maybe you you, know, you do the match, Naomi pins her, and then afterwards it's like, uh, like oh shit, like, I got the title and she's all excited, and then like Becky or, you know, Alexa Bliss pulls out a mic and then it's like, Read the fine print, sweetie. Yeah. And then pulls out the contract, and then it's like, oh no, Alexa yeah. Bliss is still the champion. I just think it would it would allow for a different finish than what yeah. we've seen before. The the thing you would have to do though, I think probably is that then uh, Mickey James might have to win her match because otherwise, well, I guess there's nothing on the line between her and Becky Lynch, so it doesn't matter who wins. Yeah. So exactly. I guess you. Yeah. Never mind. You wouldn't have to. <laughs> Hmm, uh, that, would, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I would that just would like it would, original. Like, and yeah. you know what? You could see the crowd reaction to see test the waters fully. Yeah, how are they going to react if Naomi wins? Pop for Naomi's win, and then oh, let the air out of the building. Yep, because so far she's been getting pretty consistent reactions. I think. Oh yeah, well she's been great. She's been great on the mic. She's been great in the ring. Like, yeah, I think she's she's just a really good talent. Actually, she just yeah. needed the right gimmick and the right, uh, you know moment to shine like give it and she's had the time to like they didn't try to push her right away she had the time in the funkodactyls to start shaping her craft more like mm-hmm. oh and thank god she finally got rid of that stupid rear view finisher <laughs> like just jump up and smack you with my ass the split legged moonsault is a lot better oh yeah a lot better so that's all i have for smackdown you got anything else uh let's see anything else big from smackdown oh oh my gosh we forgot about the biggest piece of news of all time from SmackDown. Oh, what? The Ascension got a win. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> By some miracle, the Ascension won a fucking match. <laughs> well, after they did some, like, blind tagging, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was in a huge-ass match. It was, like, three yeah. tag teams on each side. It was six-man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was chaos, but still, they won a match. They got the pinfall. 
Um, yeah, my only other thing from that then uh, was at the end when they were building up the Elimination Chamber segment, or the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, commentary was really big on talking about the no interference, so uh, pretty much guaranteeing there'll probably be interference Yeah. at Elimination Chamber. Uh, so do oh. you think Harper and or Orton are the ones that are coming in there? Yeah, I think definitely. You get one or both of them. Um, not sure which right now, but we did get some uh, advancement of the Harper storyline with him interfering in the main event uh, and finally attacking uh, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that so. was pretty insane. Like, I like seeing Luke Harper is the interesting piece right now. Yes. Because he's, he's in very uh, unfamiliar territory of being a singles face. And uh, it's interesting. Because here's the other thing that I think is interesting. When I was talking about this interference, originally, you know, you would think that, okay, maybe Harper's trying to interfere to stop Wyatt, and then Orton would help Wyatt. But yeah. what if this entire breakup has been a ploy? By and the Elimination Chamber, Harper and Orton both come in and, with Wyatt's help, beat the fuck out of Cena. Because the consistent pairing right now has been that Harper has been helping Cena. So he's been, yeah. like, building trust. So I could see him come into the Elimination Chamber and turn on Cena. I could see that working, but right now I think I'm really liking him going up against Bray. I mean, I do too, but at the same time, it's like Wyatt's probably going to be getting the title, right? And he's going to be having to have a rematch with Cena, and then he's going to have to build towards Orton. So Mm -hmm. if he's going to fight Luke, then Luke has to lose. So do yeah. you want to have him start a feud with Wyatt just to lose? No. That's that's what I'm thinking, because it's going to be rushed and he would lose. That's why I don't want it to happen, because I would, I would almost rather have it be that this has all been a ploy, and then Luke Harper comes back. Because if you want to, you could eventually have it be that like maybe even during this title reign, Wyatt can get really like corrupt and crazy and shit, and then Luke Harper could try and turn on him then, for real. I don't know. There's a lot of moving pieces in this, and I feel like Luke Harper is the biggest question mark. But, yeah, uh, which I, I think allows for a very interesting storyline. Yeah, what do you what do you think they're gonna do? I think it it should be. Uh, so Harper's finally attacked Bray at this point. Um, Bray's gonna win on Sunday, hopefully. Then he has to build to. Ah, wow, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Harper just gets like his chance at him on a random SmackDown between now and Mania. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all they could give him, and that's why I wouldn't want them to do it. That's why mm. I want him to, because if especially if if they're gonna have to go back to having Orton betray him, then Wyatt could have a follower again at having Harper back with him. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't yeah. know. I think it works better that way. Also, I mean, Harper is, I think, a better heel than a face, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I would probably say that. Um, I mean, at the same time, not really having fully seen what he could do as a face, uh, I still think he'd probably be a lot better as a heel. Yeah. Just, if if from nothing else, a looks department... Yeah. That, that guy is so scary. Like, dude, did I ever tell you about how, when I was living in Colorado, there was a guy in my apartment complex who looked just like Luke Harper, but he wore glasses? 
No, really? Yeah, and he, like, worked at the gas station across the street, night shift. So, like, he was always up at, like, odd hours and stuff. Like, oh my god, dude, it was creepy as fuck. Every uh, time, I, I would just, if I saw him, I would be a nerdy uh, Luke Harper. Yeah. Um, Alright, let's see, do you have any, do we want to blow through 205 and NXT real quick, just so that then we can get to Elimination Chamber predictions? Sure. Um, so 205 Live, I just have two quick highlights. Uh, we saw the mm-hmm. return of Tajiri, uh, who surprised Brian Kendrick after his match, and we get the return of the green mist to the face by him. Yeah, but And then we both uh, loved the choice of Jack Gallagher winning his, uh, was that a fatal five-way match, um, to become the number one contender for Neville's title. Yeah, I think definitely Gallagher was the right choice there, and uh, the match was a lot of fun. It was kind of a who's who, I guess, right now with the cruiserweight division. But um, I guess my only thing that I found weird was I found it weird that uh, Mustafa Ali was in there instead of Tony Nese. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember. Did, been did trying something to... happen? Did Tony Nese get injured? I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything. Um, I thought he was supposed to be in that match. I thought he was too. And they're they're kind of pushing him right now. I mean, push is a very vague term. like, mm-hmm. But they're featuring him at least. So. Yeah. I don't know. I could have sworn Tony Nese was supposed to be in that match. Maybe I missed something, but I don't know. Uh, good match nonetheless. Yes. And then over on NXT, we got... Uh, uh, a new commentator in Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness. I'm excited. Uh, I think he did well on his first uh, episode there. It, yeah, definitely. Um, I wish Percy Watson wasn't there, but I <laughs> yeah. think he, he fit in nice with uh, Todd, uh, Tom Phillips. Yeah, he did a really good job, and I think Tom Phillips was a little more tolerable because he he didn't have to spend his entire time uh, worrying about being berated. <laughs> By Corey which, James. Which is, I think, actually I realized part of my problem with him is because like, he's such a nerd and a little boner that it's like, around a guy like Corey Graves, Corey Graves can't help but just make fun of him the whole time, and that mm-hmm. constant bickering back and forth is really uninteresting to me on commentary. <laughs> and so I blamed it on Tom Phillips, and I guess it's equally their faults. But uh, yeah. now when he's in a situation with Nigel McGuinness, it's like, all right, now you can just be the straight commentary guy. Yeah, he's great as the straight man. I mean, was, he was one of the reasons that I think the Jericho Owens, like the starting of their teaming together was great. Because yeah. they would just riff in front of him with the whole it thing and all uh, when he was doing the interviews. And he was just Felipe. great. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and yet yeah, the way they, they never said his name. like, <laughs> Oh, man. Um, and then, uh, uh, for angles, uh, I enjoyed the sanity Dillinger stuff from NXT. Um, it looks like we're going to go back to another match with Dillinger versus Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we'll get one more of those probably with a stipulation of like, if Ty Dillinger loses, he has to join sanity or something. Yeah. Cause that seems to be the real push by Eric Young was, he's like, I beat him at San Antonio and now he should join us. So. Uh, I like that. I like not giving up on the, like, hey, we wanted you in our group. Oh, I beat you in a match. Who cares? Like, yeah, the heel should be like, hey, I wanted you in our group. I still want you in the group. <laughs> yeah, and I like that it wasn't, because I feel like so often with these groups, sometimes they'll just do, like, they're just trying to recruit everybody, but nobody ever joins them. But yeah. in this case, it's a very, like, oh, I'm specifically only picking you, and I'm mm-hmm. gunning for you. So even if Ty Dillinger still doesn't join them, which he shouldn't, uh, it's still better because it's a focus thing instead of just we're trying to get anybody because then membership (laughs) means nothing right 
if you like the NWO. Yeah, <laughs> like the NWO. Fucking everyone was in that. Right once you put Eric Bischoff in there, it's dead. <laughs> um, and then my only other highlight is uh, Revival seems to be going after authors of pain, wanting their mm-hmm. titles back. Uh, what do you think of this, uh, keeping Revival down in NXT for now? Because, I mean, we thought they were basically done. Uh, I don't. I think you only keep them down there for a little bit just to do one more match. And I think, you know what would actually be very interesting? With Authors of Pain, what you do, mm-hmm. you do a three-way match. Have Authors of Pain fight the Revival and the uh, DIY at the same time. Because both of them are both gunning after Authors of Pain right now. Yeah. They both want a match. And uh, I think they've... Have, has Revival fought Authors of Pain yet? No, One-on-one? this would be the first time. Oh, okay, so maybe you should do one-on-one with them instead. I don't know, and then or, maybe, maybe... or maybe do you save the one-on-one like you've never done it and do just a multi-man? Because uh... it, it'd be kind of hard to build, because I mean, I know that Revival was getting a little bit of a face reaction, but it'd still be kind of harder to build a heel versus heel match, you know what I mean? Yeah, so maybe, yeah, do the multi-man and... Because uh... then you can then also, that... you can extend DIY's feud a little bit if you want, because Revival could take the pin. Exactly. And it would extend. Revival can go up, and then DIY could stay a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, it could. uh, It could, and also could extend uh, Revival's stay down in NXT. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I I want Revival up. Yeah, but I think right now they're kind of holding it off because I think if you bring them up right now, um, Mm -hmm. you're might get lost in the shuffle for WrestleMania. It's always bigger when the the person comes after Mania. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, you keep them down there through to WrestleMania. They have their last match at that WrestleMania weekend card. Yeah. And then maybe they debut on the Raw after WrestleMania or SmackDown Mm -hmm. after WrestleMania, whichever brand they'd be on. Yeah. I think at this point, honestly, maybe they'd be better off going to SmackDown. Yeah, that seems to be like... That that division is a little stale as well as Raw's, but they have the chance of, like, the quick injection of the Revival could really bring it back up. Well, because it's like they they haven't really been pushing the Usos, who would have been another good team to have against the. Uh, they were Alpha, such good heels. They just they've just been inconsistent with like finding a heel for American Alpha. That's yeah. their problem right now because they had the Wyatts, but then the Wyatts aren't doing tag stuff anymore. So it's like, oh shit! All right, well, who are we feuding with then? <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was like, oh well. Unfortunately, we uh we've buried most of this division, so. <laughs> Now we need to do something like give Ascension a random ass win, and then the, doing the tag team turmoil match. So, exactly. We'll see how it goes. Yep. But yeah, American Alpha is good. They just needed a good rival. That's yeah. the biggest problem right now. Uh, and that's all my highlights from NXT. Hmm. My last thing from NXT is that I'm just excited for um, Bate and oh, right. Bate defending the title against Trent Seven, the UK yep. title on NXT, and. Uh, I'm wondering, do you think the UK, UK title is going to be a regular on NXT TV? Yeah, I think it's just like a temporary thing right now, just to keep it relevant until they finish up whatever plans they have for like a show specifically for the UK title, or they come out and say like, yeah, now it's permanently a part of NXT. Mm-hmm. So whichever way they go. Yeah, because I, th- I think it'd be a lot smarter to do kind of what you just suggested is almost that it's a temporary home just to kind of keep it in people's minds and keep it relevant until yeah, they and- get a regular show to have it on and it's the styles fit in and it wouldn't be that awkward thing of like oh and here's our english uh 
title segment on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but then at the same time, like I think you could still have occasionally the UK champion could come over to NXT and stuff. Like you could still still do stuff like that. Because um, I was almost wondering, like if if it's going to take a little while or if they uh, don't actually end up doing a UK show. Uh, would the UK championship maybe become kind of like a mid-card title for NXT? It could. Because I could kind of see it being that. It's like like the secondary title or something on NXT. Yeah. And then uh, if they were to do that, they would almost have to open it up that uh, non-UK guys could fight for it, though. Yeah, and uh, that would be the only title I'd want to add to NXT. So, because yeah. I have always enjoyed how set they are with, you've got the tag the main, and the women's, and you're good. Yeah. Honestly, I don't want it to be a mainstay on NXT. I just want it to be there for a little bit right now just to keep it relevant so mm-hmm. that people will more likely watch whenever they get a British show up. But then, even then, I don't want it to be, like, regularly you know, part of the NXT universe. I just want it to be, like, you know, they date, they come out every once in a while. It'll be like, hey, cool, guest appearance by the UK guys. Yeah, and it keeps them it keeps them fresh. They're not going to be stale in front of the audience. Like if you just bring them out every couple weeks, mm-hmm. and you know you could even do the opposite too. Like if you got this UK show going, maybe at some point it's like, oh holy shit, the NXT champion has shown up. Yeah, and now you got like a champion versus champion match. Just like you know, no titles are on the line, but champion versus champion. Let's see it. Yeah. Because oh, it's like it's just the same way of it's creating different universes. So then it's a bigger deal when guys fight. Yeah, and I think it'll allow them behind the scenes to have really set plans for the UK show, so that they're not rushing into something and it ends up being poorly put together. Yeah, uh, I've like I've been like sneezing and trying to like hold it back. Oh, oh you better not sneeze near McMahon; he'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, can't control it. All, All right, right, so let's so, go uh, to uh, Elimination Chamber. Exactly my thoughts. Uh, so to kick it off, uh, we have Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. I think pretty clearly Orton has got to win this one. Yes. So does that mean you allow Luke Harper to come in after maybe Bright, uh, Wyatt wins the title in the chamber and like attack him then to kind of get the heat back for him? I mean, that's not what I would do. And that's honestly, I, I don't. I could kind of see them doing a thing of just that um, because this match happens, if Orton, like, really takes out Luke, uh-huh. then that could be, like, actually, you know what? No, they they have to have him come in at some, or get involved at some point, right? Yeah. Because, like, even if he was beating the fuck out of an injured, like, he's determined right now. Yeah. So, and that would be good. That would be really good for him. So, I Ooh. think, I think no matter what, either way, Harper is going to start... He's going to either get into the chamber or try to get into the chamber. And then Orton's going to follow him to try and, like, you know, counter him and get him out. And either it's legitimately going to be that way, or I would really hope if they do my idea of having it be that, you know, it was all a ploy. Yeah, Bray's just really fucking smart. Yeah, and, you know, tricked Cena. So then Luke Harper will come in and make it look like he's trying to help Cena for a little bit, maybe attack some of the other guys that are not Wyatt. Yeah. For a second, and then, uh, you know, turn on Cena when he gets to Wyatt or something, when it's, like, the confrontation between those two. And then mm-hmm. the three of them, all three of them could beat down, you know, three of them being Orton as well. Beat mm-hmm. down Cena for the finale. And it would keep oh, Cena you know strong. That'd be, that'd be, you know, you would do it. Luke Harper would come out when it's just those two. Because the final two would have to be Cena and Wyatt. Yeah. 
Or because uh, I'm almost trying to think like of what they're gonna do. Because if if they are really gonna do the rumored match of Cena and Miz, then do you with, think Miz would have to eliminate Cena in this match? Yeah, he could get the chicken shit heel elimination, right? Like mm-hmm. have something where like Cena hits the Styles Clash on uh, Cena, um, and Dean Ambrose hits his finisher or something, and the Miz like runs in and does the the pin on Cena. Mm. Yeah, you could do. That. I guess you could do both storylines that way. You could do Miz clean up the scraps and gets the pin, but then Luke Harper's the one that betrayed him for yeah. Wyatt or something. Okay, yeah, you could do that. A lot of interesting possibilities. Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely. Uh, I've been looking at. There was a thing they put out for the uh, betting odds. Yeah, and uh, Wyatt, which are is, usually deadly accurate. Yeah, Wyatt is winning it. Uh, he's one to nine odds, and everybody else. I think Cena's four to one. Uh, and after that, like maybe AJ is like eight to one or something. But yeah, Bray Wyatt is uh, winning by a country mile. He has a ninety <laughs> percent chance of winning, <laughs> according to the odds. Like it's insane. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we didn't get to that match yet, but uh, it it relates to this. So I think that yeah, Orton is going to win and beat Harper. Yep. Uh, yeah. A match that uh, we didn't talk about the build-up too but uh so Dolph Ziggler lost to Apollo Crews on Smackdown Kalisto tried to come in um to attack Ziggler Ziggler turned turned it on him and attacked him with the chair again and Ziggler claimed that he could beat both those guys even though he was just defeated by Apollo Crews and so Daniel Bryan made a handicap match of Apollo Crews and Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler yeah this is this is really hard to call actually I think Ziggler wins it. I almost I think that's a lot more interesting story to tell, even though it would probably make Kalisto and uh, Cruz look like a bunch of bitches. Um, I mean, you could just be that Ziggler's just that skilled, right? And that this is the passion that we've been looking for out of Ziggler. I mean, because that's what they were trying to push with the whole Jerry Lawler thing, was that yeah. even though he made this turn, he's still losing. And Yeah, so I think, yeah, if you really play up maybe some viciousness and a little bit of, like, wily strategy... Yeah, uh, it could work. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think Ziggler winning would probably be the smarter move. So because I mean, nothing's Ziggler. really happening with Apollo Crews and Kalisto. So them winning, I don't know how much that helps. So I really see the help in Dolph Ziggler yeah. winning. Yeah, unfortunately for those guys, I think they just kind of have to try and hang low and wait until hopefully around the draft into the summer. Maybe they can get something going. Maybe they'll either get drafted to a different brand to get a new start, or uh, you know, Kalisto can go to the cruiserweights, or they can get in a tag team. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have our first of three women's matches on this card. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. I think Mickey James is going to win this by cheating somehow. Like a, Do you think a, like a hand on the tights or like on the ropes or something like? Just that subtle like. Yeah, like a little bit of a bitch cheating move. Like you know, probably a couple other heel moves throughout the match, but something that's semi clean. Yeah. Because um, I think... What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think like their storyline is going to intertwine with Alexa and Naomi for WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. I think you definitely want to continue it. And neither of them should get like a clean win on the other here. Um, same goes for the championship match of Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. I really like my... Uh, well, it wasn't my idea, sorry. Uh, Lance Storm's idea of... Naomi getting the win here, but Alexa Bliss coming out and saying, you signed the wrong contract. (laughs) 
and so the title doesn't change hands. That would be if if they do that idea, I think that'd be really clever, and I would like that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think probably um, Alexa Bliss either gets herself disqualified or like some other how either like just retains her title through some heel tactic. Yeah. I think definitely cannot get a clean pin on Naomi, but you know somehow denies her the title. Exactly. Would be what I would predict. Uh, then we have the tag team turmoil match for this uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Basically, all the tag teams in this one, American Alpha, Heath Slater and Rhino, Breezango, the Usos, The Ascension, and The Vaude Villains. And I think American Alpha's starting it, right? So this is basically like the gauntlet-style match. Oh, is that how it is? It's gauntlet-style? Yeah, that's what a tag team turmoil match is, I believe. Okay. I, I wasn't sure whether it was that or if it was like that they all have different corners or something. And it was yeah, like, it's... you can tag in different guys, like... I don't know. I, I have a... Oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. You're right. It's more of um, So, the tag team turmoil is another version of an elimination tag team match. The match has a team in each of the four corners to start off the match. But as each team is eliminated, another team takes its place. Similar to a gauntlet match. Oh, so we were kind of... We were both right. Okay, so they're going to start with four, and as one gets eliminated, one of the other two teams will come in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, just American Alpha will be one of the four teams starting. Yes. Okay, so they could definitely still win this match, but I don't know. I am there's a part of me that I have a sneaking suspicion that they're gonna lose to somebody. To who? But I don't know. Like that's the other fucking problem. The Ascension like, because the Ascension got the win on <laughs> No, definitely not the Ascension. That that was only like they're just desperately trying to be like, hey, the, maybe the Ascension could win, guys. <laughs> huh? huh? And the crowd's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. I, the know. only possibility I see is the Usos. Yeah, that's maybe the Usos. Um, I, I don't know. You know what? I, honestly, I, th- I think probably the smartest choice, because there's no other person to give it to right now that's smart, just keep it on American Alpha. Yeah. Like, just try and make a hell of a match and try and, you know, s- scour through these guys and be like, all right, who should be the challenger for these guys next? Uh, yeah. But yeah, give it to American Alpha. Make Alpha look really good. Uh. Then we have the final women's match, Nikki Bella versus Natalia. I'm pretty sure Nikki Bella's going to win this one. Yeah, so that she can marry John Cena and have a baby. <laughs> so that she can win at life by marrying John Cena and having a baby. Exactly. <laughs> she can move uh, on. Speaking of John Cena, he's the champion going into the Elimination Chamber match, where we have yeah. Cena versus Styles versus Ambrose versus Miz versus Corbin versus Wyatt. We've discussed... A lot of possibilities of this. Um, I think something's going to go down with some kind of Miz and Cena to start off their feud. Some kind of interference by either Orton and or Luke Harper for the Wyatt win. And uh, how about AJ Styles here? What does he do coming out of this? Well, the rumor that I've been hearing is that AJ Styles might be having a, a match with Shane McMahon. Which, oh dear God, no! While stupid, at least it's a match. Because at this point, I'm honestly worried that he's even going to have a match at WrestleMania. Very true. Because honestly, I think the best match would be him and Cena again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be by far the best match for both of those guys. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're going to do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe the whole stupid Miz and Cena thing is just a rumor. True. We we don't know what's definite, so 
Because there's there's tied up in that rumor is the idea that Nikki Bella is retiring at WrestleMania and that John Cena will propose to Nikki Bella. Which <laughs> honestly, the- that kind of rumor, I honestly hope that Nikki Bella started it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to pressure John, <laughs> try and pressure John into it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, look, everybody's talking about how you're gonna propose to me at WrestleMania. And if you don't do it, people are gonna be really upset. I'm like, I'll be so mad. And everybody else will be mad. And you won't have... you. That'll show your absolute lack of hustle, loyalty, and respect. Because <laughs> you're not being loyal to me and respecting me by putting a ring on it. You're just trying to... <laughs> you're just trying to hustle me? <laughs> you're just trying to hustle me? <laughs> oh, man. Um, All right, I sorry. think that's going to do it for us.